read a lot of things. There was a time when I was letting you know what high fashion had done for me. I was letting you know what Hennessy had done for me, but now I'm letting you know what Jesus has done for me. Hello guys and welcome to a new episode of Don't Let The Stands. You're here today with your host Eads McKenzie and Nicholas Terrell and Chopin. And it is the final episode. We're sad to say it. We saw a few people were sad about it as well, but it is the last episode of season three. Okay, of season three, not ever. I'm still ill. How are you guys doing? I'm good. It's been a busy week. Bloody hell, capitalism, eh? Um, <laughs> not finished the week yet, so still another day to go. But um, we'll be getting drunk this weekend, so it's fine. But I'm not just living life for that. Don't get me twisted. I'm traveling as well in a week too, so that'll be good. Just want to turn off from the world, really. Um, but musically, it's been really good this week, actually, which we'll get into in a little bit. But um, Chopin, how are you? Is it just that I'm okay? Is there something else? <laughs> Check me. <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> so we got a different one today. A different adjective. A different adjective. I'm tired. I, I am actually good. Like this has actually been quite a, a good week. Are you still? Are we still? Yes. So we, we still in the we still. Yes, we still. Oh, we're still in the we still. We still like to me. I shout out to those who get that reference. <laughs> and yes, I'm extremely tired. Extremely tired. I cannot wait for Christmas. Talking about Tamia, Shopee has been on my case lately about listening to Tamia. Like uh, literally. That was Tidra Moses. Actually. Oh yeah, it oh. was Tidra oh. Moses. My oh. bad. Oh. Sorry. Yeah, and here um, we are. Six weeks later, still waiting. Listen, I've been trying to get Nick to listen to Laurel Karner for how long now? Okay, but he just and Nick's like hiding behind the microphone, okay, like. I'm taking. I'm taking. Moses, Lil Kana. You know what, Lil Kana? I'll get you at Christmas. I will get you at Christmas. Okay. No, I actually will. And to be honest, I did start the album, but then I had a surprise meeting at work. So. But how long ago was that meeting? <laughs> it was weeks ago, but then new music came out, which distracted me from him. And then PR were on my neck to listen to X, Y, and Z. So sorry, Lil Kana. You'll get to we'll get to your album when we get to it but you didn't just stand so you know i'm still enjoying the he's music he's probably given you my spins as well as his he so needs to come so on the podcast soon i don't care um but yeah i guess that's it um Shopee, do you want to go into actually oh. i haven't talked wait i haven't spoken about myself sorry Isn't it? how are you sorry Better i'm still flex. i'm still ill guys i'm sorry i've got this flu slash cold thing going on and my memory and stuff has been a bit hazy um wow uh but <laughs> like nick said this weekend's gonna be good um got this halloween thing that we're going to um and yeah that's it that's all that my brain can do right now shopee do you want to do music yes so as always we are going to discuss what we've been listening to for the last week and i did mention last week that it was a good week to be an r&b fan and as such that has influenced my choices this week so firstly we're going to start off with a man who was a hot topic last week tank so he released his ninth studio album elevation last friday and i've been listening to that quite a bit but aside from that i've also been listening to a bit of his back catalogs so i've been dipping in and out of his other albums so sex love pain 
Force of Nature, Six, Love and Pain 2, Now or Never. But I'm going to get into the latest project. Oh, actually, by the way, before I start that, I would like to say him and Chris Brown work very well together. Mm. They have about 10 songs together that they've done over the last 10 years. Like, they have about 10 collaborations. They work very well together. Was Chris Brown on Celebration? Or am I imagining That's that? That's Drake. Oh, yeah, it was Drake. Uh, what was what was he on? He's been on, like, 10 songs. No, but I, I remember one song in particular. What, what song? Foreplay. That's it. Yeah, that's it. It was on the same... The same album. Yeah, same yeah. album. That's yeah. now or never, guys. But, I mean, they work very well together. Um, and he actually is on this album, actually. But, you know, so I'm um, Tank. Yeah, so um, I did enjoy it. It is a good album. Um, I can say I wasn't really excited for this album when the first singles were coming out because Tank is an incredibly talented singer, songwriter, musician, but I just know that he, over the recent years he has really tried to, you know, make music for the charts. And to be fair, he actually is good at it in terms of like crafting what works for radio he actually is good at it but i just kind of look down him because i'm like nigga you're better than this you're a much better artist you're better much vocalist and writer you're better than this and um so listen to songs like you know i don't think you're ready or dirty like they are like nice songs they're good songs for what they are like they do their purpose but i'm just like nigga like okay but they are good songs <laughs> but um yeah i really really um have to just shout out the duet with Jojo, somebody else. Like, when I saw that she was gonna be on the album, I was like, oh, okay, it's already about to be lit. Like, grown up adult Jojo and Tank on a song together. And when I pressed play, the first thing was because I was like, woo! <laughs> I was like, sing! <laughs> yes! But aside from the, like, of course, these two are two vocal beasts, but aside from that, it's just a really great duet. And I really hope that they release this as a single, they make a video, like this needs to be pushed to urban radio, urban AC. Like this is a really, really great song and it's like one of my favorite tank songs in the last couple of years. But um, yeah, um, so in general, it's a standard tank album in terms of tank of the last five years. Like, you know, it um, well delves between, you know, trap inspired R&B and his, you know, heartfelt, uh, emotional songs but yeah and obviously sex songs but yeah no so I'd like to shout out somebody else featuring Jojo um, I Promise um, You Mean More featuring Luke James uh, I Love WWJD that's a great club banger and also the remix of Day with Chris Brown like I said so they work very well together and also I have one last comment Omari Hardwick we do not need you on this album wait Ghost yes wait singing yes no 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 Apparently he's a spoken word artist, apparently. <laughs> Let me finish, hold on. So the entire first track is four minutes of Ghost reciting poetry. And that's it, great. it's just very awkward and it's just like- That's great. So safe to say, I don't have that song anymore. <laughs> and then he's on the lot, he's on one of the other songs. Oh, this is a really good song. So there's a song in here called This, which features Sean Stockman from Boys to Men, who is my favorite voice in that group. They've previously worked together on another song called Already In Love from Sex, Love, Pain 2. That, that's another guy that they, he works well with. Sean Stockman, love his voice, incredible singer. Yeah, so they have a song together. And once again, James St. Patrick is on that track too, just speaking some um, hotep, um, love stories, love Jones nonsense, while Sean Stockman's ad-libbing in the back. We didn't need you, sir. We didn't, we didn't need it. So, but aside from that, really nice album. Next up, um, we have Luke James once again. So he released a single last week called Go Girl featuring my niggas, 
BJ the Chicago Kid and Ro James. So three of my guys all on the same track. I really, really like this. At first I was a bit like, hmm, it's okay. But listen to it with some good headphones and some speakers. This song knocks. I love the production on this and I just love the swag and I love the delivery and I love that all, th all three of their vocal styles really mesh well because even though they are in the same lane per se, they each have their own individual ways of singing and the way they approach songs. So it really represents all three of them very well and I really hope that this means Luke is finally coming back to give us an album. It's been six years since your last project and I know you're doing amazing things in acting now. I look forward to seeing you on The Shine next year, but I need the album. Um, it's, it's time. So that's Luke James. And then lastly, I have Jojo. So one of my favorite white girls in the world. She is back. She released a single called Sabotage it's last week. Like I said, it was a good week to be an R&B fan last week. And there's not much to say. It's just that Jojo once again has given us another banger easily one of the most consistent artists like she never disappoints me great song well written great production great vocals i can't wait for her for her next album and i'm confident that it's going to be the album that i want from her and in terms of that what i mean is that her last album mad love that was her first release after the whole kerfuffle and drama with being locked in a record contract for like 10 plus years and i could tell that who was she signed to at the time nick who was she signed to for the last album uh atlantic or i think it was atlantic. Yeah, it was atlantic. yeah atlantic it was so she's on interscope now but with atlantic they were really <clears throat> trying to push her into a pop lane but they just don't understand that jojo is an r&b girl she's an r&b artist yeah she's done pop and she can do it well but she's an r&b girl this is what we need now new school tina marie that is her lane let her live in that lane and from these last two singles, I can just tell that this is firmly the lane she's going in. And I've heard she's been in the studio of Anderson Pack, Sir, Dev Hines. So I cannot wait to hear this project. I know it's going to be great. So yeah, that's Jojo. And I do want to shout out Galant's album, Sweet Insomnia. Um, I'm not going to speak too much into it because I've only listened to it a couple of times. But I do like it. And I would like to shout out the song, um, Crimes. So that is me. It's... Okay, cool. My memory isn't great, so I'm going to have to take out my notebook just to remember what I actually listened to this week. Um, I'm actually going to start with a bit of a wild one, so it isn't music, but I'm listening to a podcast called Mogul, um, and it is about the music industry. Um, in particular, the first season is about Chris Lighty. Um, so Chris Lighty was a music manager. Um, he owned a company called um, The Violators. What? Oh, vi Violator. Elevator. It's The Violators. So um, he was, <laughs> sorry, I got really confused. Um, so yeah, he owned a marketing, not marketing, management company called um, Violators. Um, and he actually saved the careers of quite a few artists, 50 Cent being one of them. Um, after 50 Cent got shot, nobody really wanted to deal with 50. And um, he was actually the person who came forward and actually gave him a chance and um, yeah, propelled his career. He was the one that basically kind of started like brand deals for artists. Um, and making them more mainstream. So he got 50 cent, the vitamin water deal um, that Coca-Cola eventually bought that company for billions and 50 cent made so much money from that. And loads of artists nowadays are basically copying that model because he actually bought equity in the company rather than 
um, just getting paid for an appearance or a sponsorship or something like that. Um, but the way it ended was quite sad. Um, it isn't really a spoiler because it's real life, but he committed suicide, um, allegedly. There's loads of um, kind of questions around that. Some people think that he was killed by his, um, I guess, widowed wife. Um, and there's so many different storylines behind this. He was, um, I think it was from Brooklyn. I'm not entirely sure, but he was from a certain part of New York. Um, and he was involved in like street life. He was um, previously muscle for a lot of DJs. So he had a lot of enemies, uh, especially in like the hip hop scene, the music scene. We know how cutthroat it is. Um, so yeah, it's a lot. There's a lot of mental health and stuff like that that I wanted to talk about, but I'll talk about that maybe next season or something. Um, in terms of music, it's been a fairly quiet week for me, um, but I did enjoy one project in particular, um, and I put that on my Instagram, and also the Dats Pod Instagram as well, so follow us there at D-A-T-S-P-O-D. So, the first album that I listened to was Moonchild. So, Moonchild, they have a new album that came out in 2019. I can't remember the date, but it's called Little Ghost, um, and it's their fourth full-length project. It They are basically a neo-soul slash R&B um, trio it's it's consists of three people a woman called amber um what's her name navran i believe it is apologies for not having that down um andres matson and max brick um and they all they're all amazing individually but when they come together it's incredible and uh, they debuted in 2012 with their project be free um and i would definitely recommend their project um if you are looking for Kind of, I want to say like Kareen Bailey, uh, Bailey Ray, <coughs> sorry, Kareen Bailey Ray vocals um, and kind of like feel. I always I always said this in like season one and season two, the type of music that I love is like the type of music you can pay an apartment to. So like Maxwell, um, Neo Soul type vibes um, that you can just play in the background and just do whatever really. And that's the type of music that they make. So it's really good. I really recommend it. Specifically, um, Sweet Love. Um, I love that song. I love that song. The riff and like run and the chorus um, and just the instrumental. The very first song in it reminds me of a Trey Song song called um, Say Ah just because of the instrumentals. I actually think that's all I have this week. Yeah, that's all I have this week. Dope. Um, I'm going to join in actually. Sorry, oh, just on. to interrupt you. Um, Victoria Monet asked like that, wrote something on Vero about that. Um, and I love that song. I've been playing that nonstop. I think every single day since I heard it and shout out to Aaron for introducing me to that Aaron my brother sorry because I know I come in here and I talk about things that he introduced me to and I don't give him credit sometime so shout out Aaron I really thought you were going to say Victoria Beckham I was about to scream no oh um <laughs> no <laughs> yeah so I'm going to lead in Eden's kind of direction um with a podcast um I've been listening to um Talib Kweli's the People's Party um, on this is Up really Rock. Good. Uh, in particular, his interview with Van Lathan, which goes into the journalist space and the state of journalism. It's a really good podcast. Um, Van was on TMZ until about three or four weeks ago, until he left the show. Is that the one who um, argued with Kanye? Yes, yeah. the guy who iconically argued with Kanye West. Yeah. Um, he actually went into really nuanced conversation about how morally he um, gets why people critique him for being on TMZ, but what he wants, his ideology is go into these systems and be the change you want to see, which he kind of done with the likes of Kanye West. And he's been political on TMZ before, beyond Kanye West as well. Um, 
And apparently it's part of the reason why he got fired for TMZ because he actually challenged a potentially right wing um, person in TMZ behind the scenes and had a lot of arguments with him behind the scenes. This is all alleged information. He didn't address it on the interview because he was still in a job when he had the interview. But um, Mark Lamont Hill definitely supported him and said to Van that he's definitely going to get a bag and a job after this. I'm sure he's secure anyway as a freelancer at present but i'm sure he has an amazing career lined up that conversation was so cool they spoke about the state of media in 2019 um i'm really loving the podcast more widely i think it's really good conversations um i listen to it at work or video form when i'm at home um it really inspires me for kind of stuff i want to do in the future as well so yeah it's a really good conversation and i'm, I'm happy that it exists platforms like this and i'm, I'm glad like music conversational podcasts are starting to exist more and media conversational podcasts are starting to exist um i also listen to unbothered with jamel hill who is also on the podcast with talib Kweli. she has an interview um but yeah podcasting is really interesting and i'm really trying to get into different podcasts now so yeah that was one that caught my attention over the did last did you just weeks. start listening to it this week no but this conversation spiked me to kind of prompt it on the episode um it was a really good conversation with van um it was about three weeks ago they had the conversation but um i found it last week because i've been binging since like three weeks ago just getting to know it kind of i've been binging it this it. week yeah, but it's a really good podcast, man. So it's a really good conversation. So excited to see where he goes and hope it gets renewed or lasts on the program or the platform um, because I know it's being tried and tested right now. But it's a very good conversational platform. So let's move to music really quickly. Um, what should I go to first? Um, I'll finish off where Chopin kind of led uh, again in uh, Galant's Sweet Insomnia really really cohesive body of work while still being experimental like I heard some electronic in there um I heard just some I just heard different elements of R&B like I didn't hear one type of R&B on the project and it's a very different sound to um Ology um Galant's debut album um he's a really good singer his falsetto is one of the best if not the best out of the new school men in the industry in the American market in my opinion so clear in my opinion much crisper than Usher's um he's really he's a really strong vocalist and really mm -hmm. takes pride in being a strong vocalist he really if I had my way would be in the school of conversation with the likes of The Weeknd Frank Ocean and Miguel you know that three trio kind of conversation he would have because he sprouted around the same time you're talking vocals what do you mean um, just in that conversation oh, in terms of okay. the R&B males and sonically he's a lot better than some of them let's be real um but yeah Frank. um and he definitely can write uh which he did a lot of on this project and he worked a lot with this producer called Stint, who was prominent on his first project, who's also produced for The Goal I Don't Like, who's a feature on this project, Sabrina Claudio, um, Alina Baraz, Lana Del Rey, um, and other people. So he's very established, he's Canadian. Um, yeah, so Galant pretty much wrote with Stint a lot on this album with very few writers joining the scene, um, except for the likes of Black on his feature, a woman called Chloe um, Angelids, uh, Jacob Kasha, um, Ali Thompson, Watt, and a couple other people in the cut as well. Um, I definitely think this album has the correct kind of uh, track listing in terms of amount of songs on there. Um, it's a very cohesive project of work. Like you're allowed, like it's 39 minutes, it's 13 songs. You can tell some songs are shorter than others. We're getting into that trend of shorter songs now in the R&B universe as we spoke about earlier this season with Summer Walker, etc., etc. 
But um, I think it works for him here and he still is able to get the balance of quality um, in short amount of time spans. And we're still able to get a sense of who Galan is and what he's trying to convey and some of the concepts here. I think I really love um, Black's contribution in the feature that they have. Um, it's called Sweet Insomnia. So it's the album track basically. Um, it's ghoulish, it's harrowing, it's haunting, it's dark. Um, I love how Black is very diverse in this kind of song. I like how they use his vocals. They tinge them quite well. I find that Black is one of the features in this generation of R&B um, or Trap Soul, whatever you want to call it, that... Um, on features he distributes himself well other people he's featured with such as jid or jid um he's been able to do quite well as well and even on normani's waves i think he was greatly placed on that record as well i really like that song from normani it was even though the public doesn't um or it didn't get the public traction that we wanted it to but um in terms of hurt as well which follows this song i really like that i really loved panasonic i really loved um celine which he ends on do you know what i pretty much love the whole album like i really don't find a song that i'm like i want to skip this like i really each song falls into each other like wine into a glass like it's so beautiful like it's a really beautiful album and it's a contender for the best project r&b wise of the year for me personally i think it's on my list um i do hate lists and i'm getting a bit annoyed but um it is on my top list in terms of the with the likes of BJ the Chicago Kids, Surf for Me as well. Um, Ari obviously came to kill it this year and a couple others. So R&B's been great. Um, I'm going to move to Van Jess right now who released a remix with um, Ari Lennox and this kind of goes to the point and sentiment that I raised a couple of weeks ago with these guys about how the R&B new generation um, or current generation, should I say, because some have been here for ages, such as Ari herself even, is even and highlighted as well. And Van Jess, of course, from the YouTube era. Um, they literally collaborated. So I love that they're all helping each other. I said Ari and Summer, Ari and BJ the Chicago. Ari has distributed herself really well this year. It's really great to see. And an unlikely social media campaign is helping her as well with her funny fucking videos. But um, she's always been a social media cat, really. But back to the song, Cool Off The Rain. Anyone knows that I was fucking screaming about this song, this interlude last year, and I wanted it to be longer. That was my favorite song on the album. Um, and it's an interlude. I always get it. The Scissor Project fucking wavy the same thing i love my interludes i don't know what it is but they did a remix i don't know why the timing of this came now i don't know questionable but who cares artists can do what they want in this industry right now um and it looks like from the promo that they might have a visual for this so it will be exciting to see if they do ari vocally sounds amazing on it as per usual she doesn't disappoint me um and Ari's having an incredible year in terms of just visibility, even if it's not on the charts per se. She's having a great year in establishing new audiences. And obviously she's um, got some sold out shows in London coming up that I'm trying to still get the PR for. So um, we'll see if I get that, but um, definitely these two will be seeing her. So I'm jealous, but I've seen her this year already. But um, I'm really proud of them. And Van Jess, obviously the song is phenomenal. Their vocals are brilliant on them. I love their deepness and richness to their voice. Um, and I just can't wait for more Van Jess music. I actually can't wait. I hope they release another little project. Um, doesn't have to be an album, but just something next year um, because I've missed them. I, I like R&B duos, you know, Chloe and Halle, Van Jess. Um, they're killing it right now. Um, and I did see Emotional Oranges this week as well, which were great live. Um, yeah, really good, really good theatrics. Um, an interview will be coming out with them in the next couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, cool cats. And that's me for this week, but we will transition into the news. 
Hi guys, we're back. Got the news um, about people I don't care about this week in particular, but we got to do it because it's the news, okay? Um, so let's get into the. Oh yeah, both of them I really don't care about. I thought I was just talking about one, but yeah, I don't care. Anyway, okay. So the man who should not be named, Kanye West, uh, released his album Jesus Is King last week. I believe it was. Haven't listened to it yet. Um, don't think I will. But um. He's had a great press run, or an interesting press run to say the least. Um, I'm just going to summarise what has happened. He sat down with Zayn Lau on Beats One. That was the most prominent of all his kind of PR runs, as well as like Sway in the Morning, etc, etc. Um, so, they both covered what went into the decisions behind the album Jesus King, um, which is inspired by Kanye's move to Christianity or reinvigoration with Christianity. I'm not going to mess up anyone's trajectory because uh, he spoke about God before in his earlier career, as we know, Jesus walks, etc. Um, he won't be making secular music, apparently, according to the interview with Lau. He um, discussed his porn addiction. Um, and his land that he owns in Wyoming. He discussed Drake's beef with him or his beef with Drake. Mental health, of course, which he discussed all the time now. Um, Louis Vuitton um, and his ongoing Sunday service series, which has been really critiqued, controversial, positive, negative, depending on who said it. Um, here's everything according to Complex that we learned. So Kanye discussed the idea that sex sells um, and said that it was a gateway to a porn addiction for him. Um, his dad had a Playboy magazine laid out when he was only five years old. Um, Play Playboy, sorry, then led him to pornography and the addiction there. Um, it's impacted every choice that he's made in his life from five to now, apparently, that he said. And then, yeah, it developed from a porn addiction to a sex addiction. Um, and it fed into his ego over the last few years of his career. Uh, he walked so he said that this has led to stuff like him walking in the red carpet to the VMAs with Hennessy um, and interrupting the likes of Taylor Swift because of feeding the ego. Um, he said that also he felt like he had to play into the life of a rock star, which led to some braggadocious and out of character, apparently, decisions. Another thing that we learn is that he asked his collaborators to not have premarital sex while working on Jesus is King. I thought if we could all focus and focus fast, I mean, it's known when people pray together, families that pray together stay together, when people pray together <laughs> and true. fast together, <laughs> the power is increased. So that is another aspect. Uh, he still has plans to run for president following Donald Trump's renewed, camp and renewed presidency if he wins that or um, the next presidential campaign, basically. But yeah, 2024, we might see Make Kanye Great Again as a campaign slogan. Um, Did you say that? No, that was just me making a pun. But um, yeah, so he goes into God with this political discussion, as he always does. Uh, and he said that he's the most liberal human being when talking about Donald Trump. Sorry, I just had to get over the shock of the statement. Um, he said he pissed off liberal fans because he's the greatest artist in human existence, this being Kanye, and that him wearing the Make America Great Again, Great Again hat was God's practical joke to the world. He doesn't have to defend himself for supporting Trump. 
ever to Drizzy, Drake, uh, the sixth god, uh, you cannot be in service to God and be mad at your brother. I walk over to Drake's house with no security and leave my phone number like, hey, here's my phone number. I'm not trying to ring the doorbell. He might be busy. He got a studio in there. Just think he uh, records at all times. This led him to bring up some of the issues with Jay-Z. Although he kept it relatively vague, he said, with Jay-Z, I love all these people, but you got to know there's lineage from Jay to Yay to Drake. This person, your idol, get to know him, become friends, turn to frenemies, turn to enemies, got to bring back the positive energy. But that's not like a poem, but that's the lineage of rap kings and inspirers. Jay was my biggest inspiration. Uh, I think about Bernard or not more than drake he said uh when thinking about artist comparisons bernard was one of my greatest heroes um he also offered me five years ago a deal when he we first had our first easy show it had an effect on me going to hospital he said on his mental health as well but then he went back to bernard and said um he thinks about bernard as i just said more than drake i felt like it was supposed to be me i was the louis vuitton Don Bernard uh, is my new Drake. He added while explaining that he has the best wishes for Drake again and would love to speak at his wedding whenever that might be. So merch sales, donations to Sunday service. This is a critique that obviously Kanye's got no, no, for no, ages. Wait, no, wait, no, no, no. What is this? Um, <laughs> these are just, wait, these are just so many different aspects. No, of but interview. throughout the whole thing that you've just said, I don't get the trail. What What is he talking about? Loads of different things. Loads of different things. Zane went in, apparently. Can we can we just give our thoughts on this? Because this is just... Like... So let me just go to the merch. Because it's been a highly <laughs> debated topic this season about merch sales. Travis Scott, we've discussed, you know, other people. Um, so... He did suggest he considers the sales from Sunday service merch to be donations to the services. Uh, I would say so. He said when asked about whether he sees it as a donation to his cause, everything I do is for the church. Even designing a shoe. John verse 3, chapter, no, ch chapter 3, verse 16, is that how you say? Instead of the 350s. Now everything is for the church. The vision that I have to be an innovator, Christian innovator. There are a lot of organizations <laughs> that have figured out how to use creativity and innovation. Ultimately, so he said his desire is to spread the gospel. Um, he said that his hospital visits led to Christianity. So now that I'm in service to Christ, my job is to spread the gospel, to let people know what Jesus has done for me. I've spread a lot of things. There was a time when I was letting you know what high fashion had done for me. I was letting you know what Hennessy had done for me, but now I'm letting you know what Jesus has done for me. All right. And that I'm no longer a slave. I'm a son now, a son of God, I'm free. The most space that I had to think was when I was in hospital. Um, and he said this. Uh, he announces the Sunday service Nick, album. Nick, no, Nick, Nick, Hold Nick. on, there's a new album. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Jesus is born, oh. which Are you is reading due the whole on article? Christmas. No, I'm just making sure people know that there's another album. Wait, due Nick, December wait. 25th. Can we, can we give our thoughts on this shit? And this is the end of the article. So um, <laughs> I will continue to be used by God. I don't love suffering. Um, Nick, you can't read the whole music article. Music is my job. Oh, That's why I'm putting out the album. So. I think God is my job. That's why I'm here. And that is the context. Okay? Now, I'm not going to go into Fader because the same thing. Now, what is the views on Kanye West? I don't know what any of it was. I don't know what... It was a deep dive into the life of Kanye West. Mr. Kardashian. All right. All I'm going to say is Kris Jenner is an amazing manager. Like, she's 
that's what I'm gonna say. Like she what's has, got to do she it? has her hand in this somehow. Like she knew that releasing this album, like I feel like Chris Jenner is like controlling this whole narrative. She has me paranoid. What's that got to do with the album though? I feel like, well, like Kanye for example was cancelled by most black people because of the comment that he made. About is he? Slavery, right? Is he? <laughs> he was cancelled by loads of people because of the comments he made. Not about most black people. I'm telling you that now. I'm telling you that now. The the Sunday service are filled with. <laughs> but okay. it, the general consensus was his image was tarnished because of the comments yes, that he made. Yes, I'll admit that. I feel like it was tarnished before that, but... No, but that comment in itself and the fact that he's repeated it, people are on his case. And because of that, after that, he started to do all of these things to kind of like, like help with that brand and kind of <laughs> regain the black audience that he might have lost because of those comments. Mm. Um, and to me, that's very Chris Jenner. I feel like the connection between... Like, between so you don't him think being married to Kim, pardon? You don't think he's found God? I don't think he ever lost God, to be honest, because Kanye always said he was a Christian, right? Like, always. But it's just very convenient, and I just feel like this project is very disingenuous. I just don't believe it. I don't believe in I, Kanye. I think Kanye true. isn't well. Um, I think he needs help. He's a narcissist. Um, oh. But he'll go down in history as one of the greatest rappers to ever live. Um, and this act that he's putting on is going to be part of the things that people remember him for they're going to call him um, loud they're going to call him courageous they're going to call him a trendsetter he has he has all those things but at the same time he is just chats bullshit that whole article i genuinely don't know like two words that you said throughout that entire thing it was just him rambling and someone writing it down that's literally all it was but yeah whatever um jesus is love and um <laughs> I won't be playing the album. Those are my thoughts. Have a good day. Enjoy <laughs> t- enjoy Christmas with Kanye. Enjoy to the world. Um, I disagree with the whole uh, Chris Jenner thing. Um, this album, I feel... You listen? I, have, I I played it like... Yeah, he put it in the group chat that he's listening. I, like, I skimmed listened to it. So you listened On to the it. Friday, like, because, yeah. yeah, last Friday. It was played in my office. I couldn't not... Um, so you played it? No, my office played it. People listen to Sabrina Claudio, sorry. People are listening to oh. R. Kelly. Oh. So. Oh. oh, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh. People are listening oh. to James Brown. <laughs> oh. Marvin Gaye. No. Why can't we listen to them too? Every, um, my point is that there's so many people, the people that we love that are problematic. Oh. Yeah, so yeah. many people. The li- Yeah, the lines are definitely skewed with problematic. Cat- but that's not my culture. point. Yeah, the, culture. The yeah. point is this album and this whole Sunday service thing in general. It wasn't a surprise to me. Like, there's been gospel music influences across his entire career. Yep. Even, even so, I yeah, hundred percent. I don't think this is a direct thing. Like, oh, I'm gonna get the niggas back by doing this. We've I never f- had a whole project though. We've never had like ten songs. So you really think? And this he's is never genuine. He's, he's never done this thing where he's told people not to have sex. Yeah, but we know. But we know Kanye's mental state is very. Uh, what's the word? It's very fragile. For, I wasn't use that but it's scattered it's very scattered so he's in a place in his life where anything he does and says doesn't shock me but if we look like at, Kanye can literally do and say anything but if right we look now. at the branding of it and like the people that he's surrounding himself with for this particular album what Ted Ellison and Fred Hammond yeah Ted Ellison he's worked with before I just I, I personally I just feel like it's disingenuous but I could be wrong and he's worked with gospel artists before and what about like the merch and stuff like do you feel like no what I'm, what I'm saying is my, my, my point is 
Nothing he does or says is a shock to me. At this point, okay. Kanye can literally do, say anything. And I'm not surprised because Kanye mm. literally just... When people say March the Beat of the Run Drum, Kanye literally is the definition. Like, he literally does literally whatever he wants to do. Whatever. So I wasn't like... It wasn't a shock to me that this he was doing these Sunday yeah. services because also he is like he is also like you know a musician a producer so like why not why wouldn't he you know um, remix um, these gospel songs to the tune of Aaliyah or, <laughs> or whatever he's is that where we're at oh he's, he's okay. doing that's that's basically if you've been watching if you've been listening or watching I any have of been. them yeah we have he literally yes you have I haven't listened to it okay. I didn't listen to it. Okay, he retweeted one of the videos, but okay. Which video? I don't know, but I saw Ethan McKenzie retweeted. Oh. So. I retweeted a Kanye West video. Of a Sunday service video, yes. Like one of the performances. No, I didn't. Oh. I probably liked it. I didn't retweet okay, it. Okay, well, it came on my notification. It oh. came on my, on my profile. Anyway, I don't e- listen to Kanye West. Ethan McKenzie. Okay. Anyway, the point is, I don't really care about any of this. Um, I, haven't, I haven't played the album since <laughs> last week. To be honest, I didn't really like it. So yeah, I can say from being blunt, if if people are going to spring the cloud over their chest, I can say of my chest the Sunday service album that is dropping in December. Now that will be listening to, because I'm sorry to say, the Sunday service performances slap. <laughs> they slap. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. And and like I'm saying again, if you guys listen to, listen to Sabrina Cloudgo and R Kelly, I'm listening to the Sunday service mm-hmm. album. Jesus King, I didn't like it personally. Well, I only listened to it the one time. So I you know, I didn't give it the time, give it proper time, but I just don't really care. I'm just at this point when I see these interviews, they see these headlines, I'm just like, okay, okay, next. Mm-hmm. All right. I just I'm just so desensitized to anything Kanye West does yeah. says at the moment. I just don't care. So like it doesn't really reap any emotion from yeah. me. Negative, bad, funny, good. I, I just I literally am just mm. So tunnel vision when it comes to Kanye West now. Like, I'm genuinely just tired. Like, I don't want to see his name. Like, it's not even a political thing. It's just like, I don't care about you. Like, you could walk in the studio. I would not give a shit. I promise you. I would not. I'd just be like, I want to go home. Because that you suck. You know those people that just suck the energy out of you? Like, that is the... Yeah, to, to pay people. attention. It's not even bad, but it's just like, you as an entity, I can't deal with that. Like, it's just a <laughs> swerve the car... And just avoid and just go to the other direction because I can't like. And I think that's me now. Middle, just I can't even consume the energy it takes to even muscle up the 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 fucking courage to press play. Like it's just like I can't do it. You're just so in a toxic cycle. I can't do it with him. Like honestly, you don't even need to create music at this point. Just go and fix that damn head like even me <laughs> getting the energy to have to say that and i'm not trying to trivialize mental health i promise you that like you are not better like it's so clear and adamant and evident that sorry evident that you're not better like it's so sad that you are around the wrong company and yes men it's that's that's it if i had the energy i'd be sad but i don't even have the energy to be that it's, it's just like you know oh have you played the so many people have said this week have you played that no i haven't because i can't have the any it's not a council culture thing it's actually not even all of that it's just like i can't do it you're like a donald trump to me in terms of i can't the energy the tweets the the interview it's just like bro just log out Mm. like log off sign out of the internet sign out of anything the shade room all like just go away like i don't want to see you like go away (laughs) like please if i could mute you and mute actually worked 
actually works because mute does mute actually doesn't do shit. Like literally, I would just block you out of my existence. I don't need to hear it. All of the lights love that shit. Your old shit will love that shit, but I just can't do it. I'm sorry, Kanye. Yeah, I can't. Just just don't speak. Don't speak. Disappear. Not dead, but disappear. Vanish. Sabrina the Teenage Witch, magic. Like, just disappear. The other realm. Go into the other <laughs> realm or some shit. Like, that's it. Anyway, let's move on. Unless anyone got any other thoughts. No, no. No? Cool. Um, but I did hear that those remixes slapped. So whoever's listening and enjoying, I hope that the energy's not and getting sucked. And that's why I didn't like Jesus is King. you know. Because when the album dropped, I thought it was going to be that vein. And then I heard the album, it, it was literally... <laughs> oh nigga. It just sounds like a, it just sounds like a mismatch of ideas. And there are like there are moments of goodness in there. Like but over like and this is what hey, niggas wasting good features. How are you wait you have Fred Hammond. You have a gospel legend on your album and you gave him trash. Just like when Chance wasted SWV and Envogue's time. So I'm gonna get into that. We all said that Chance Rapper's album is one of the worst albums of the year, if not the worst album of the year. Oh, Whoopi Cushion music. Right, I haven't even gone back to reconsider, you know, my reviews there. My same. My there. I played it the one time I was like, okay, that's it. <laughs> it's the, it's I love like, my wife. Like, I love my wife. Like, like, that's all I need to get from that. Hey, 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 hey. SNL, I was there for the stallion. You know, I watched the stallion. Yeah, I, watch. and I, I only watched the stallion clip. <laughs> that's it. The stallion got my energy. You chance again. <laughs> Chance is another the other one. realm. The other and it's realm. so fu- so sad because I actually really love. I love acid rap. I love surf. I love ten day. I loved coloring book. I love Chance rapper's music. But the last two years, he's just another one. Like when I see his name, scroll, scroll. I, I just, you couldn't pay me to care. I just don't care. Anymore. I got my bag from the, the thing, but you can't pay me to care. And then the fact that the album was even good because I was like, you know what. If the album is good, then cool. You can be annoying. I'll leave you alone. Because that's how I am with Kanye, actually. Like, I don't really care about Kanye West, the person, or the mm. the hysterics and the media circus. Yeah. But Kanye's always going to be hold a dear place to me in my heart as an artist. So I think, in mm. spite of all the craziness and manic around him, I'm always going to, part, part of me will you always press care play, you're about the music. Yeah. And that's what Chance was supposed to be. But then this album was just... <laughs> no. But you know, to- we can still press play to the next but one. But shout out to Smino for the one good song on that track. Shout out on to Smino for Trina this week as well, actually. That was a tune too. Um, anyway, we digress. We've got to talk about this White Witch We said next. Um, Yeah, so... <sighs> Back again. <laughs> the energy to even talk this week is long. Can we just get to group chat? Anyway, um, T.I. and Iggy Azalea. You guys can forward the episode now. Um, anyway, <laughs> um, those of you who still care to hear our hot takes and our opinions, um, Iggy has hit back at T.I. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the sentence alone. Iggy has hit back at T.I. So, T.I. was full of shit, by the, the way. The article from NME has said that Iggy is now pleading with T.I. to stop lying <laughs> as the war, the war of worlds, the war of words even, sorry, with her former mentor rages on. That was a good opening sentence. Thank you. Made it exciting. Anyway, in an interview earlier this month, there were two interviews. One was with Breakfast Club, but this earlier one started things off. 
So, T.I. described Azalee as the biggest blunder to his career after um, he helped secure her fame in 2012. Azalee then hit back. Azalea. It's like, who the fuck Sorry, is I don't even know. I'm just saying it how it reads, but like, whatever. There should be a thing on the Lizo, Azalee, <laughs> Jacoy. Jacoy's a Canadian singer, that's why. Okay, but it's not Jacquees. <laughs> okay, he's not the greatest R&B, so until then, I'll say your name right. Like, do you know what I mean? Well, he's got an album coming, we'll see. Okay. Anyway. Is it a Birdman? No. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a funny episode. Anyway, she has said that he is a massive misogynist. She's we playing this card. <laughs> And he has never been able to have a conversation with any woman in which he doesn't speak like a fortune cookie. Which don't know what that means. That was oh, rude. Like, I actually respect her for that. I'm that not gonna lie. She ain't hilarious. lying as well. That is fucking hilarious. She ain't lying. She has doubled down on the criticism with a series of since deleted tweets. Don't read all of them. Read pleading them them with Ti to stop spreading apparent lies. Please move on and speak about. The art issue are hopefully actually helping and stop trying to bring me up for relevance. I don't bring your ass up. No one is asking about you. I'm trying to be nice because I genuinely have better and more interesting things happening. Those album sales weren't happening, so don't know what it is. Um, She wrote, but seeing a man, there's only one more paragraph, guys, speaking out of his asshole and blurting out one thing in public and another in private for years is really infuriating. Keep it pushing, sweetie. And worry about what your next storyline is for Family Hustle. <laughs> I'm not gonna go and on. And scene. Those were that the was, tweets. That was funny. What do we think about Ti and Nikki Azalea? I yeah. just want to say, um, first and foremost, oh, this will always be my sentimental. Oh, Shoppe, man, come on. We said <laughs> modeling. That's the first and foremost. We'll always start with that. Is it always... <laughs> oh, my God. Um, secondly, I want to go back to T.I.'s comment about he said something along the lines of he stopped fucking with Iggy when she realised she didn't need black people's approval. But I think that's... I think he's full of shit because I think the very reason why he signed her is because he knew that... White people would fuck with her. Would fuck with her because yeah. that's it. She's the package. A white woman singing rap, uh, making rap music with a big bum and fake, fake body and a, a black son. Yeah. So like this whole thing, but she didn't need the respect. Like that's the very reason you signed her, sir. That's in my opinion. You weren't trying to mold the next. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know Jean Grey or whatever, or whatever. So I, that's what I wanted to say. Really, other than that, I don't really care. And the same sentiment we said modeling. I have nothing on this. Yeah. Like, I just... There's people that we just shouldn't speak about on this show. Like, I, th- I feel like we've done enough. Mm. And I feel like Iggy Azalea is one of them. Yeah. Lizzo is another one. Yeah. Nicki Minaj. Yeah. And Kodak Black. Mm-hmm. Six, six, nine, six, nine. We haven't yeah. spoken about Kodak Black that, that much. much. There was one point where it was like literally one episode after the other. Early season two, maybe. I feel like we was discussed him that much compared to the other three. You gotta think he did the Nipsey thing, and then he did, uh, he did something else after that. What did he do? But anyway, that's besides the point. Um, Nicki Iggy's, definitely has over, overrun her welcome. Yeah, sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, Iggy Azalea, Ti, we don't really care. 
mediocre isn't a, a shit song anyway. Um, I don't have time for this at all. And that is the end of the news topic, guys. All right, cool. Now it's time to move on to things we actually want to talk about. Um, yeah. So we used to this thing in season one. It was called group chat conversations. It was this thing we had at the end of the episode. It was usually straight after the news topics uh, when we did like three hour episodes before. Um, but we decided we wanted to have a kind of specialist conversation, as Shopee likes to put it, not calling myself a specialist. So a few weeks ago, we quote tweeted Titan Baddy, who questioned, <laughs> and I quote, why did Rihanna become a pop phenomenon and not Sierra? They're both beautiful and had major label support early on. I'd even say in the beginning of their careers, Sierra was the much bigger star. What happened? So yes, yeah, Sierra came out in near the end of 2004. She was signed to LaFace Records and she was mentored by Jazzy Faye. She released her first single and debut album, Goodies. And, um, you know, at the time she had uh, a massive splash of success with her first two albums. She was definitely one of the biggest female artists in the game and was seen as a competitor for the likes of uh, Beyonce, Beyonce, Jennifer Lopez, Alicia Keys, etc., etc. And then Rihanna followed about a year or so um, later. And that tweet did correctly say when Rihanna first came out, and Sierra was the bigger artist and people do not know this but Rihanna actually opened for Sierra on one of her tours back in the day but then over time Rihanna just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger and meanwhile Sierra's star was just dwindling dwindling and dwindling and yeah it it has been something that I've thought about because I kind of and I know even just me I think a lot of people do see as terms of the trinity of the preeminent black female artists of the 2000s, they would say, uh, Beyonce, Sierra, and Rihanna. We should put Alicia Keys in there, but we know why they don't put her in there because <laughs> she's not in their same, in the in their lane. Like, Alicia Keys is seen as a musician, whereas the other three are seen as pop stars. Oh, I think but you send. No, because I can send for all three of them. But Alicia Keys's um, proclivities have nothing to do with this because if we're keeping her book, she sold more than all three of them. So, um, so Alicia Keys, yeah, she's also a very successful artist, but she's seen as a musician, so people don't really ever put her in that conversation with the other three. But, um, yeah, so who would like to start? Eden, Nick? Um, <clears throat> I'll say what I research. Um, so also research and experience, really. So I think part of the reason that Sierra kind of had a bit of a decline is obviously a because... Bit. Interesting. A euphemism but anyway um okay why sierra had a decline is because um of many things one thing being there were loads of rumors going around with sierra i don't remember i don't know if you remember when you were younger there was this thing about hermaphrodite comments and like bodily image and like lesbian comments and stuff like that that kind of affected the way people interacted with her music when i was younger there was this rumor going around like oh um sierra has like two genitals and stuff like that and there was this whole thing about that, did you ever experience that? I do, but I don't think that's that's not. I'm great. not saying that's the core reason. I'm oh. not, obviously, I'm not saying that's the core okay. reason. But I'm saying <laughs> part of it was branding. Part of it was her not evolving with the time. So she went from crunk, crunk, sorry, crunk and B, <clears throat> um, and then she started making music with the dream. So like pop music and stuff like that. And then um, she kind of lost her herself a bit. And I feel like with Rihanna, she kind of evolved with the time, and she kind of 
changed her image and with that people were started to become attracted to her in the pop market in the r&b market in the reggae market i feel like she had way more options for her sound than sierra, sierra ever did i do agree with some of what you said i do agree that rihanna in general has always been more diverse musically mm-hmm. and she very early on abandoned her caribbean roots and kind of went the pop star route and kind of was like i need to make hits yeah and also it's worth knowing when sierra first came out r&b was still very much a genre that was topping the charts and making the top 10 stuff like that yeah. whereas Rihanna kind of, she had pop songs, she had the reggae songs, she had the, um, the R&B songs, she had the electro pop songs. So even though people do package her as an R&B artist because she's black, Rihanna's kind of always been all over the place, whereas Sierra has kind of been decidedly R&B, not even R&B pop like a Beyonce, like she's been decidedly R&B. Mm-hmm. So I definitely do think that hurt her. So as R&B started to decline, she also declined also, but I do think she also just did not grow as an artist. And yeah. it is the case of, you know, mainstream music doesn't need to be of substance or whatever but in general i just feel like she was kind of making she just wasn't growing as an artist because even when beyonce was at her poppiest or poppiest i can say that all her albums were sounding different from each other and then and then but and also she was just lucky in the case that she just managed to make urban on pop music and it just still worked for her because why i read about beyonce she, she never went down the dance electro techno Geordie Shaw music route. She kind of stayed true to herself and it kind of worked out for her. What about um, Bureau's, Bureau's World? Is that what it's called? I want to call that a, a techno electro song. Who produced that again? Diplo. You didn't say that kind of has like a... Well, like an Usher Oh My God or like a Kelly Rowland Commander. Not necessarily, but it was kind of very different to what she was making before. No, but you could still call it urban. Okay. Yeah. Like it was like it was definitely was I was it runs the world that's what it's called, I would so. definitely say it was strategic it definitely was her way of like this is how I'm trying to simmer myself into what's new now but even though that song didn't work that song didn't even do well mm. what's the song that did well Love on Top the eighties R and B influence song that's the one that did well on the album and Party and Dance for You those were the hits of the album and surprisingly that's what kind of worked for Sierra as well Body Party yes exactly but then unfortunately she just managed so oh there's just so many things I don't really know what I can really Start. start with management because I think management plays a massive role in this. I don't re- well, I don't really know what the deal her management was, but I will just say something happened after the second album. Her first two albums did very well, and then the third album, she released Go Go. That was the original first single off that album, and then that flopped. And then she there was a bunch of other songs that were thrown out and just didn't go anywhere. High Price, Who You Knew, which is a fucking thing about. And I just don't really know because Fantasy Ride was a great album for her. That was really, I said it a few weeks ago, that's actually an underrated project from her. But they never ever came out, didn't do well. The Love Sets Magic with Justin Timberlake came out, that was a massive hit for her. So I thought, okay, cool. She's found her feet in this era, so we're gonna, now going to go do what we need to do. Then Work came out, which I thought should have done well, but it didn't. Then Like a Surgeon was supposed to be a single, which I I cannot believe they did not push that song. I, I will forever cuss out LaFace Records for not pushing <coughs> that single. That should have been a massive hit for her. And um, I just don't really know. I just think, yeah, something went wrong behind the scenes. I just feel like they... Because I can't even say the whole thing. I said earlier that I think that Rihanna had more options musically. But then Sierra did too. Sierra did have songs that were definitely could have worked in the pop market, in the mainstream market, and she also did have those weird army songs too. Because I can say across all her albums, actually, well, most of them. But definitely Fantasy Ride and definitely 
Sierra album. And even going back to even that, so like, I don't know what happened. So after Body Party came out, that was a massive hit. Sorry guys, I know we're just like rambling and hopefully Nick will give us some order when he speaks. Um, so Body Party came out, that was also after, once again, like four or five singles which all came out in the run up to the album which didn't do well. Sorry, Got Me Good, that awful Ooh, song. I loved Sorry. That was an amazing song. I loved Sorry. And Sierra knows it too, that's why I still in her set list. Um, <laughs> He's like, this flop, but I'm still going to perform it. I love that song. And then that awful song with 2 Chains. Nick, what was that song called? Do you remember? I don't remember. She had a song with 2 Chains. Oh, that was the original first single off the album. It was fucking atrocious. And thankfully, she cancelled it. Because she, <laughs> she had sense. That song was awful. I can't remember what it was called. I think it was like Boy Better Know or something. Oh, that song was t- terrible. Um, Can I just say what it is with me and Sierra? I don't like her voice. I've never liked her voice. It just doesn't do anything for me. And I... I previously liked her songs, like they were catchy, but I just, her voice after a while, I was just like, okay, like, all right. But there are loads of people who have uninteresting voices. Yeah, like who? That's still big. Like yeah. Who? Like who? Normani. That's big. Normani is big now, isn't she not? I don't listen to her music. But I'm, I'm saying like... Rihanna's not a great singer, right? Rihanna's not a great singer, but her voice actually, is nice. No, Sierra, I think Sierra has a nice tone to her voice. I actually like Sierra's voice. I'm not necessarily talking about tone. It's just like entertainment. I'm more entertained than by Rihanna's voice than I am by Sierra's. But no, that's my point. I, I like the sound of Sierra's voice. I'm entertained by her voice. But mm. I agree that Rihanna is definitely more captivating and more engaging. But, but yeah, so back to my point about the Sierra album. So Body Party went up and did well for her. Once again, I was like... And this is the thing. With Sierra's album, they always seem to be like... There'll be some some mid a middling start then she'll hit a stride with a song or two and then it'll just be bullshit again mm. so there was a song that leaked called overdose way before the album came out and i remember that song i'm like this song needs to be a single where's the video where's the push this needs everything give it all the payola give this song everything all the payola. then i remember it was announced that, that was going to be the next single i was like yes yeah, sierra okay body party was a hit overdose we're about to go into overdrive this is going to be the real comeback for sierra and then what did she go and do release i'm out of Nicki minaj I'm like, are you fucking done <laughs> not only was the song garbage they flopped so even with Nicki minaj who obviously was is a big artist that song didn't do nothing for you but you probably released it, oh, because Nicki Minaj is hot right now. No, you should have gone with Overdose. I honestly believe Overdose would have saved that album. And not only, that could have been an international hit. If Rihanna or Beyonce had that song, it would have gone everywhere. That Sierra could have done so much with that song. And they just didn't release it, even though she said she was going to. So going back to the original discussion, why do you think the careers of Rihanna and Sierra went in two different I directions? I think it's a mixture of things. I think it's a combination of she definitely, in spite of everything I said about the different sounds, in general, she definitely has grown at a much slower pace compared to Beyonce and Sierra, Alicia Keys and other artists of the time. Definitely, she has grown at a much slower pace. Even listen to the fuck, that awful album, Beat Marks Machine, I'm like, Sierra, you're 33 years old. This is like your seventh album. Like, where is the... De-? And even So even going back to the Jackie album, which is one of the worst albums in history. Um, wow. That album was released after giving birth and after the breakup of future and she was said this could be like my real deep personal album blah 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 and she even said now forever cuss her for this she said it was inspired by the velvet rope 
which I'm so I was like, okay, cool, you know, because <laughs> for those who have heard of Ever by Janet Jackson, that is a very personal album. Which on that album, she spoke about various different things body dysmorphia, depression. There were so many topics that Janet was going through as a as a person. Um, believe me, she was going through so much when I mean, it came out in the music. So I thought, okay, Sierra, I'm gonna get a real personal album for you, akin to Rihanna's Radar, akin to Beyonce's Beyonce album. And what am I getting? <laughs> <laughs> songs about just just nonsense just just nonsense just nonsense so to answer a question plainly um lack of growth as an artist she definitely suffered from r&b not being a mainstream genre anymore and there definitely were poor decisions made from her label in terms of single releases pushing things back and just a general lack of direction and lack of vision of what sierra should have been <laughs> post 2007 because i look at people like normani now and everyone always likes to say that oh she's inspired by beyonce but like people don't want to say it now but there is a sierra aesthetic there is a sierra-esqueness that is permeating pop culture but no one will say it because sierra hasn't really been massive in a good 10 years but normani is closer to and tanashi too another one that she's closer to a sierra model than a Beyonce model, but, but no one will say that because Sierra has not. And I was, and I'm saying it. In 15 years' time, people are going to give Sierra their props. Sierra actually has had an impact on this industry. She should have had a much longer run, a much longer run. She was definitely deserving of more, but there are definitely a variety of factors. Whereas Rihanna, better management, better singles. Also, the way her voice is sounding, it it fits easier into different genres. And of course, someone didn't mention it. She had Jay Z behind her. Well, I did mention it. Management. Well, you didn't mention it plainly. I said, I think the main issues are management. But you didn't mention Jay-Z plainly. That's what I meant. But yeah, anyways, that's my point. Nicholas. I think you guys covered it. Like, genuinely, I don't have the energy to go into it. I rambled. Sorry, people. Um, Yeah, no, I think you guys covered it. Like, Rihanna was more experimental. Sierra had a lot of mismatches in her career, like, um, artistically sound wise r&b obviously not being a a genre of the mainstream anymore or declining from the mainstream and that's it like i just um, it's exhausting me like the topic of sierra exhausts me um as well so i agree with shopee's point in this i actually agree like you really gave a comprehensive i feel like it, i was background no but like you still went back in your points like you still gave the context and markers yeah, like you could, you literally covered everything I probably would have covered. So there's no point repeating it for the audiences. But again. I just, and the thing is, like, so I get to a point now where I kind of do feel sorry for her, but then she does stuff. And I'm like, see, this is why you're not popping anymore. <laughs> see, this is why. <laughs> like, this is why you're not there. And the thing is, that hurts me because she actually does work hard. And I know she's really hungry. And I, it's been said, people who wrote of her, apparently she says it I need to be back at the Beyonce round levels like apparently she has said that verbatim and I know she thinks that but I'm just saying it now unfortunately it's not happening she is never going to get back to where she was between 2004 and 2008 and it's a shame because she is hands down an incredible performer very talented very driven but there was just too many stupid decisions and unlike the 
90s and 80s we can actually have like a long down period of success and come back the, we have such a short attention span now you kind of you, you you can't have that anymore so even someone like as great as Beyonce if she had like three dumb errors in a row I'm sorry even that no it's just done it's dubbed but I just don't know but also you have to kind of go to the artist that like always we can go to their teams but I look at Beyonce's trajectory and I have to credit there's obviously something that she does there's obviously something in her head which is why she has continued to continue be successful for the last 22 years Rihanna too great team but there's obviously something about her her business acumen her strategy her own vision for herself which obviously comes out in the way her career's panned out the last 14, 15 years where Sierra I feel even she's probably been not necessarily complacent but I feel we may, she may have been naive um I think she thought that uh, it would be easy for her to come back from a blunder, or like, oh, I'm gonna do this. So like, oh, when she really went like, so now, so now, so R and B is having a bit of a moment, but this is the time where Sierra is deciding to be the whitest and poppiest of her life with that stupid song, "Thinking About You," which is gonna do nothing and isn't doing anything. But no, that's what we want to release at a time when the music that Summer Walker her is making. Um, Normani is making. You could be making these kind of songs and thriving because your name actually still carries some weight in the culture to get you a nice hit on urban radio. But no, you're going to be giving me fucking um, thinking about you. This is why you need to be managing these people's careers. See, and I, I'm actually, that's a question. What would you do for Sierra? I feel like, there's a, I, feel like I would have to have been there from... Okay, so let's go back to 2007. No, let's go back to now. Someone gave you Sierra. No, he's done. There's nothing to do with her. So you don't think you can do anything for no. her? What I think what Sierra should do now. Okay, what do you mean by do anything with her? What do, th- what, what do you mean by that? Improve the current state she's in musically. Well, to be fair, and Nick might agree, you could actually argue Sierra's probably in a good place in her career right now. You could argue, like, in terms of Sierra the brand, she's very visible. She's doing a lot of different things, making good money. And let's remember so much let's not forget sierra does have hits sierra has a catalog so she's headlining her own tour right now and she has the pedigree to do that because she does have ample hits so i think she should definitely continue touring definitely do more festivals because even i like i actually watched one of her shows on youtube i was like sierra really has some hits you know like as much as i lament over what could have been when she was when she was big she was big and that is helping her today now, which is why she can tour off the back of, you know, goodies and want to step and like a boy and body party. Like she does have hits and even level up in to an extent was a hit. I bet to an extent was a hit. Mm. She does. And like people always talk about when she comes back out. It's not like there's no interest in her at all. People, all of us, whether we joke, make a fun of her or not, whenever she comes back with an album, we talk about her. She's in the conversation. But unfortunately, it's always like, why are you doing this? Mm. So I think in what she should be doing now, I think she should definitely go back to making a strong, solid R&B album. I know you're in this middle of your white flight with your husband. and ah, I'm just so positive and everything's great. I'm a mother. No, go back to making that good sexual. Um, what's what I'm looking for? sultry r&b music go back to making those hip-hop influenced bangers because 
you're not going to necessarily get top 40, you may or may not, but there's more of a market now than there was between 2009 and 2016 or whatever. Obviously, Body Party was, you know, an anomaly, but you have more um, reason to make songs like that. Because like, I, hear, I hear songs like Kelly Rowland or Her or Seven Street, like, ah, oh, if Sierra was singing Seven's music, she'd be out of here. If you gave Sierra Before I Do or My Love For You or Don't Kill The Fun, if, because once again, Sierra, unfortunately, for many reasons, will not pop, but Sierra has the pedigree of, I was once that bitch. Mm. So if you gave Sierra Kalani's music or Seven's music, she would be out of here. She can't sing Kalani's music. Yes, she can. Any, yes, she can. Can she? Yes, she can. Kalani's a great singer, but she's not exactly hitting crazy big notes or anything. Sierra, no, no, no. That's so no one shades me. I, Kalani is a vocalist. <laughs> I know, I'm very aware of that. About to say, but her songs aren't challenging. That is true. Aside, aside from particular songs, but songs like um, let me think of a Kalani song that could have worked. Crazy. Now it's like this. Crazy. Yeah, Sierra could sing that. Yeah. Or distraction. Sierra could sing that. Yeah. Yeah, you make a point. Obviously, there will be certain ad libs and runs that will not make the final cut because Sierra can't do them. We mm. are aware of that. In terms of the actual. The verse, the chorus. Oh, love language would have been a great Sierra. Song. Thank, thank it you. Actually, it would. I'm Sierra actually, I'm has a, it. Sierra has a sweetness and a meekness to her voice that lends itself well to songs like that. Could so, it be production then? Because I'm, I'm yes. No, that is part of that is part of the issue. Her, so, outside of the major the stupid decisions, also musically, it's just not been good. Like I said it again, Jackie is one of the worst albums of all time. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> it's one of the worst albums of all time. <laughs> and then what pains me, she is it's, it's she's deluded. There's delusion somewhere in her camp and her, I think. She's very, very naive. She will forever tell the whole world that Jackie's her best album, like like sis. Like <laughs> it's not even close. It is literally your top six albums, someone else's discography, then Jackie. <laughs> yeah. Jackie is one of the worst things I've ever heard in my life. Oh my god! Well, artists usually aren't great at saying their best albums, to be honest. Because even no. Trey Songz was saying, I can't remember which one album it was, but he said one of his albums was the best, and literally all of his comments was like, "What are you talking about, sir? This isn't your best." <laughs> well, album. some people do get it right. Some people, like who? Some people get it right. Brandy says Full Moon's her best album, and that's correct. <laughs> Stevie Wonder says Indivisions, and that is correct. Yeah. Um, Usher says Confessions 871 and that is correct Confessions and 8 or, or 871 oh, okay. and those are correct answers but Sierra this is my thing so Beyonce and Rana are definitely more than their teams they also just have an intelligence and acumen that has helped them whereas Sierra I do feel her team has lacked but I think even she also can be a bit naive mm. and has a bit of Kelly Rowland syndrome which, that could be another episode. Um, <laughs> we'll leave it there for now. We'll leave it there for now. But um, I'm sorry, people. That was a very messy analysis know, it, it, and breakdown of her career. Do you know what it is? But hopefully that made sense to you, people. Do you know what I think hopefully? it is? I think you just have so many different ideas when it comes to understanding where it went wrong. And I feel like when you got the opportunity to speak about it, all of it just came at once. But you structured it well. Mm. There was a lot to talk about. There are a lot of things that um, definitely need to be improved upon for Sierra. It's, it's not about... It's too late. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. So she's done. It's, it's too but late. But at least we know you've kind of outlined why she's done. Yeah. Um, and why Rihanna's shining. I still think it's down to management personally. No, I agree. Yeah. I didn't disagree with that. But I think with her now is, like I said, my thing for her is just make good music and tour. 
don't even think about because I, I think part of the naivety is I think she still thinks that she can be what she once was mm. which is why she's making these Katy Perry reject songs mm. and these other these dumb pop songs I think she's I think she still thinks in her head that I can get back to my glory days no it's done it's done give us a good R&B album and go on tour you can tour worldwide do festivals do collaborations with rappers and singers because a lot of these new girls do look up to you mm. Normani Kalani they all say they love you you know ride off that because you clearly she still wants to make music but mm. make good music because that's the issue Booty yeah. Marks was terrible terrible album her last great album. <laughs> Fantasy Ride. Basic Instinct and Sierra, they were solid albums with great moments. But her last great album was Fantasy Ride. And Jackie, as I've said, and I'll say it again. And this is why I get so angry. She had the audacity to compare it to the fucking Velvet Rope. The Velvet Rope. Jackie. Jackie. <laughs> Okay, sure. Um, so sorry, people. Once again, I know that was, that makes I was rambling and scrambling. No, you did fine, man. Don't worry. Honestly, yeah. don't worry. Um, all right. So, unfortunately, it is our last episode, and it was a very slow news week. But we are really? done for now. Um, I just want to say thank you to Shope and Nick for being great co-hosts. Um, thank you to our guests who came on the show. Um, thank you to everyone who's been supporting the show, new and old. Um, thank you for reviewing. Thank you for listening every single week. Um, we've got a few things in the making, kind of things that we're going to surprise you with. Um, and we're kind of just going to see how it goes. We'll let you know what's going on there. But why are you looking at me like that? It is because they don't know what it is. Oh, fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, we've got a few things in the works, um, which means actually, let me just shut up. Let me just shut up and stop talking. Cause I ruined the whole thing. But yeah, as I said, do you guys want to add anything? Um, thanks for an incredible season. Thanks to the guests. Um, thanks to the co-hosts, of course, Eden and Chope. Um, and thanks to you, Got like you lot listening every single week, um, even when we had technical issues. And we will see you in a bit. Chope, do you have anything you want to add? Um, I would just like to say um, thank you to everyone that has been listening to us the last 14 weeks. Thank you to everyone that tweets us that shares us with their friends and family. Like I've really started to see that we're actually building an audience outside of our immediate friends and family. I don't think I actually mentioned it on the show, but I actually was recognized two months ago. A few times. It was once. It was more than one occasion. It was once. I'm pretty sure it was once. It It was more than once. So I was recognized for the first time, which was like quite mad and was something that none of us know. And I can see that our Instagram and Twitter Twitter profiles are growing and expanding. And um, yes, I'd like to thank Eden and Nick for their patience and dedication to recording every week. In spite of our many troubles about capitalism and life and mental and things of that nature. This season has been tough, guys. This year has been tough. Yes. To go. Um, so yeah, thank you, people. And we will see you soon. Do you know what I just read? Wait, what day is it today? We we ended the episode on what would have been Brexit. Long. That's really interesting. Long. December twelfth. Have fun. Um. Yeah, guys. So we. Uh, I can't even speak. I apologize. My nose is blocked. My eyes are like watering, and all these types of things. I was hoping it didn't show up in the recording, but you guys have been amazing. Um. We look forward to speaking to you soon. Peace. Peace.